Oh, I don't even need the headphones. Why would I? All right. Um, great. Let's just get started with this. I'm so used to doing this intro thing that I have with my guests, and maybe we'll stick to that later on. Uh, but seeing as I have no one to riff off of, it would be very weird, as it was probably in the last episode, to have that little segment in the beginning where I just talk to myself and be like, yeah, so what's, uh, how's life going with you? Oh, yeah, it's going real great. You know, something like that. Um, all right, let's grab the dice. That's also important. Great, this is going to be fun because I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, recommendation, everyone. Uh, don't be the DM and the player at the same time, especially. I mean, it's fine if you can do that, but don't do that when there are no other players. That's my uh, advice. Um, look, I'm all for solo campaigns uh, and stories, but uh, a D&D campaign or something of this of an equivalent level, slightly more complicated uh, than you might think. I have no idea how many noises are going to stick into the episode. Uh, or even if this intro is going to show up in there. Alright, All right, let's get started. Three, two... everyone, welcome to the Adorn Cast, current campaign, Operation E-Clock. I am your host, your GM, the Game Master himself, uh, Anaru himself, and welcome to the first uh, actual episode, I suppose, of the series. I've said this so many times, we had the first episode, uh, which was like an explainer, and then the first episode, which is Ko-Fi exclusive, and then the first episode, which is the prologue, and now here's the first episode, which is plot-related. Um, welcome. Sit down, grab a snack, enjoy yourself. Uh, if you haven't already checked out the previous episodes, uh, be sure to do so, both the explainer of what this campaign even is and the prologue, which hopefully provides a little bit of background information on what exactly is going on in Atri City, on in this weird world here. Um, as this is a continuation of the previous uh, items, we're just going to dive into it, I think. Unlike another series that I do, uh, I'm afraid... Uh, a summary may not be as easy to do, especially the way that I'm organizing this. Uh, but what I can tell you is that uh, soon, as soon, later, not right now immediately, uh, but soon, once we get started with the actual players and stuff, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a document that you can look at available in the description down below that will actually have a summary of the notes and the ideas that have occurred over the course of this campaign. Whether I ask for audience assistance or whether I create this myself remains to be seen. Um, but seeing as this is the first sort of set, uh, I am going to uh, work with uh, what I got here. Uh, we're going to wait and see what we do here before actually going through the whole uh, situation, the whole cycle and everything like that. So um, I think without further ado, we can get started. Let's officially uh, jump into the story from here. So let's get started. So for those of you that are coming into this immediately after the last episode, we start off our series here. We start off our entire um, our show, I suppose, with the idea in mind. We've just exited. We've just finished, I believe, 
uh, the best way to describe it is we've just finished. We've just finished our meeting with the the representatives for the different districts here uh, at Atri City. We've we've got our mayor of the city, who is our friend uh, Patrick, who's been you know who's the mayor of the city and the mayor of the city district. I guess is the best way to describe it. Uh, along with Patrick, we've got Ray, Ray. Sorry, Ray. We've got Ray, Bevan, Monica, and Io who are representatives for water, earth, fire, and wind, respectively. Um, And each of them have basically pleaded their case, saying, hey, guess what? Things are kind of in trouble. So I guess I am doing a a summary opposite. Uh, Things are in trouble, and we need to figure out how to solution it. Uh, We have three days to solve this situation. Otherwise, uh, things go bad. And when things go bad, it's not great, especially because we're living, you know, in the place where things are... things are gonna be bad so we're trying to fix that we're trying to not have that be the case uh so let's get started here what i am going to do is first off organize my computer here because this in and of itself is somewhat convoluted all right here we go um so without further ado let us begin by jumping straight back into that meeting that's just ended patrick has basically just said we need your help good luck if you need help uh, call us and now we begin day one it has just struck in midnight it's just a little bit after midnight like 10 seconds after midnight because all we've had is this explanation we're like um right yes where are you all going uh and everyone else sort of responds in kind something of the sort like oh we're heading home uh yeah all of them are just like we're heading out we're it's it's your job you got things to do we're gonna handle things in our districts and our areas that we can hopefully fix uh but if you want to explore anywhere else that you want to go feel free to do so uh we of course don't really like this i think we're kind of like wait what i mean three days to solve all these all right sure um patrick you as well yep uh i yeah i i do think that uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure this out on our own. I'm gonna head back, take a little bit of rest, and then tomorrow, uh, start off. If you want to meet me, you can meet me in my office. I'll be there all day. Uh, but that's basically it, man. Um, wish you luck. And Patrick, along with the rest of the representatives, kind of just get up, walk out. We're kind of standing in this room alone, uh, you know, 12.05, thinking, what do we have to do? And think about who we are exactly, right? This is where I start bringing in the player sheet itself. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about the stats itself. Um, As of right now, we are a person that has come here on vacation, so we did not bring any of our old Pokemon. The only Pokemon we have access to as of this moment is Mudsdale. But Mudsdale is also at the farm uh, down a little bit south uh, in the the Bertram uh, family farm, uh, the Bradley Kumar farm down south. So that's, you know, we've got Mudsdale there, and Mudsdale can definitely be useful to a certain extent, but... We don't have a lot else, right? And we ourselves don't really have fantastic stats or anything like that. We don't have any Pokemon. We don't have any items. We're just here by ourselves. We've got a couple of things. We've got like an ID card and other items like that. But for the most part, you know, we're by ourselves with nothing, really. And so uh, after a few moments of debating what to do, I think uh, we kind of just walk out the town. uh, After exiting the government building, you listen just around. The town is quiet. No sounds at all beyond the, 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 the sound of waves hitting the shore uh, near, in the water district area. 
um, a couple of sounds of bugs that you can hear and other animals that are surrounding the village. But for the most part, this is silence. This is peace. And we know that in three days, this disappears. We have to make a decision here. Where do we go? What can we do? We only have three days to figure this out. What's the most important thing, in our opinion, that we have to fix? Right? Let's think about this. The cities themselves, the cities have different buildings that are breaking down that shouldn't be breaking down. These are buildings that have that stamp of approval of, you know, this building will last a hundred years and that's lasting a dozen at most. The ocean district, the ports that are just a little bit away that might even impact the city district, the ocean, the oceanic district to the north has a giant iceberg coming this way and there's really no way to stop it at this point. It's going to hit us. We can't break it apart in three days. It's too big. If we go down south, the plains district Blaine's district is missing their healer, a really powerful person that basically has provided protection for the entire district for decades, seemingly, according to what we've heard previously. The mountains district, the forest area uh, where the people live in the mountains behind them, have basically all but declared that a, a rock slide is coming. And that rock slide, a massive one at that, will just tumble down, destroying houses and houses. The forest itself might be decimated. And then there's the one that we also saw in the last episode. We went over to the volcanoes and saw that they are all but ready to erupt, destroying that district and possibly bleeding into other districts as well. And we have three days to solve this problem. Now, I don't know about you. You and I are going to have different styles of play and you, you know, whether you're a player or just a person in thought process. But as I am my own player, I would, I'm thinking about this stepping into the player's role. Which of these situations do I think I could either solve or would have the most benefit. And to me, and this is me as Anaru, not necessarily me as the, the GM. Uh, the GM has his own policies, right? This is a weird sort of split that we have to do here. The GM's got his own thoughts, his own ideas uh, of which one's the easiest, which one's the most successful, which one's probably uh, the one that you can solve the quickest. Me, though, I think of the situations here, I would go for the planes and trying to find their healer. Because best case scenario, the healer is in a, just a weird situation, we can get them out, and then that's an entire district that's saved, full of people that can also help assist in other areas. Because the volcano, I can't stop the volcano. No matter how much of an impact Mudsteel actually has, Mudsteel's probably not stopping that volcano by themselves. Same with the rock slide, same with the, uh, especially with the oceanic district, and then with the buildings breaking down, that seems more like a, a detective thing than anything. But finding somebody? Finding somebody is something I think I could theoretically do. And so that is where I'm going to start. Now, you might have a different idea. If you're a player in this game, you might have a different concept of where you want to go. Uh, if you're not a player in this game, uh, you might you know, think, oh, this is a terrible idea. I'd go for XYZ. But that's the fun thing about having different characters and different people pop in, right? Every, we get to see what their thought process is. Uh, so revealing a little bit, if I was a player in this sort of campaign, the first thing I'd be doing is trying to find that healer. So let's go find that healer. But before we do that, uh, we need to set set some stuff up. We need to set up a place to stay and everything like that. And the mayor did mention that he would set something up. Sure enough, uh, as we exit out of the uh, of the governmental building, uh, one of the guards reaches out to us, stops us, and just hands us a card. Uh, this card here uh, looks to be some sort of card, a pass to be able to stay at a nearby lodge. Uh, and the guard directs us to that lodge uh, where we see... Uh, a tavern, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Looks like this card is some sort of passcode thing that we're able to use to get inside the door. 
Uh, seems like everything's already been set up in advance, so we just kind of walk in. No one's at the front desk. There seems to be a book of some sort that we can sign in for, and sure enough, we sign ourselves in. Uh, find the room that's already located to us. Seems like all the information's been inputted in. We just find a place, and we've got our room now. Walk inside the room, kind of sit down, and contemplate what exactly we have to do. The nearby lodge that we're staying in, the Scarlet Jester Lodge, uh, looks like they're run by someone named uh, Emmeline Braxton. Uh, that's about all we have in regards to that. There's a few things that we probably need to think about, right? We need to think about getting resources. Whether we can get our Pokemon from from other from our former town or money, that might be useful as well. Uh, the Poke universe that this is, uh, money in Poke, uh, we can definitely try to see if we can somehow pull that out or something of the sort. Uh, we've got a couple of bucks on us. Um, I think uh, it'd be safe to say, just based on how things are and everything like that, uh, I think it's safe to say that we probably have, uh, what's a standard starting amount? I think like, uh, do you normally start with 5,000 Poke? I think we've got 5,000 Poke on hand with us right now, um, which is fine. You know, that's definitely useful, but that's obviously not going to be able to purchase everything that we need, right? Uh, our stay is free. Thanks to the, our connections with the mayor, our stay is going to be free and we've got no problems, nothing to worry about in regards to that. But where we go from here is the interesting thing to look at. I think with no other logic in mind, I think, and I'm, I'm trying not to metagame here because I know what I'm about to do is not the correct answer. But with that said, I think what I'm going to do is rest. We've been on a long travel with Mudsdale. We've, we're coming into a town that we've never explored before. We've been awake for a while as well. So I'm going to go and take a rest and spend the first block of time, the early morning on day one, resting. So I recover all my health and fatigue and all my stats and everything boosts back up to normal. Everything is recovered back to normal. And then we reach the morning. Day one. Cock-a-doodle-doo or some rooster sound inserted here. Um, wake up that morning. The, the time right now is as usual, the ways that we do it. Uh, and for people, this is sort of the game mechanics behind us. Uh, each of the segments of the day, as I may have mentioned in a previous episode, break apart as follows. Uh, there is the early morning, which is from 12 to 6. Then there's the day from 6 to 12, the afternoon from 12 to 6, and then the night from 6 to 12, so a.m. and p.m. respectively. So we wake up as usual, as I'm going to say is as usual from this point forward, uh, at 6 a.m., bright and early, rested fully, stretching the bones and everything like that, all good and dandy, uh, hoping that we were that everything that we were doing uh, is was a dream. Turns out it's not, and now we've got to figure out a way to solve our problems. So we wake up in the morning, I think, and actually go downstairs, right? Uh, we go up, let's say our our room number, uh, I don't know, what's a good room number? No, you know what, we'll, we'll just be, we'll, we'll be easy about this. We're in room 101, so we don't even go upstairs. Uh, we just pop out the door, look up to the front, and it looks like, because uh, what we pop in in the, in the, uh, in the, the tavern that we are, or I guess since it is a tavern, I guess 201 would make sense. Uh, so we're in room 201 in the scarlet jester lodge just noting that down for myself uh we pop out and sure enough there there seem to be a couple of folks here uh in the tavern itself there's a few folks that are in the tavern right now we wake up we go downstairs um and there's a few folks in the tavern itself i think uh yeah being in, in room i'm gonna say room 201 not sure if i just said that uh, 
but yeah, being in room 201, we just go down one flight of stairs, all calm, cool, and dandy, uh, and uh, go downstairs to see a uh, a few folks down down here. We see uh, behind the desk, behind this like the sign up desk in the tavern, the barkeeper themselves. Uh, we see a um, a shorter uh, woman, maybe about like uh, five foot two ish, uh, with uh, relatively plain looking for the most part, I suppose, uh, wearing a sort of brownish poncho and uh, tighter pants, um, having that dirty blondish hair cut somewhat randomly. It's not a professional cut, you can tell. And they turn to us with piercing gray eyes, uh, with confusion, before realizing, oh, this must be the individual that the mayor was informing me about, the one that's already been paid in advance. That's all fine and dandy. There's also a couple of other folks uh, in uh, the... There's a couple of other uh, patrons inside this tavern as well, uh, both sitting down, not sure what exactly they're doing. They seem to be having a conversation on the opposite side of the tavern. Uh, we go down and we have a talk with uh, this tavern person behind uh, behind the desk. Um, hello. Uh, apologies for coming in a little late yesterday. Uh, I, uh, you might know me. I'm the, the person that, uh, that Patrick... Um, and we, we start stuttering over like how exactly we explain ourselves uh, before uh, they they kind of just put up one finger she puts up one finger and just like Shh. it's okay um, right uh, I'm uh, I'm Emmeline uh, I am the tavern owner here so uh, very nice to meet you uh, glad to see that you're staying with us here uh, if you need anything feel free to ask uh, I'll be happy to assist as best as you can uh, and welcome to the Scarlet Jester Lodge here in Atri City. Um, th- thank, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I did have a, a couple of questions. Um, do you know if there's any access to other cities? Other, you know, access to, say, I don't know, resources, Pokemon, Poke, or something like that? Uh, Emmeline looks at us with, like, a, a sort of questioning look, thinking about what exactly would be the solution here? Well, I'm not sure if... Mm. It's kind of hard because Atri City is so isolated from everything else, but... Well, let's see. When it comes to Pokémon, it might be a little bit difficult. Uh, we don't really have access to uh, all of the sort of transport mechanisms that other cities have. You know, us being a rather new city and all. Uh, when it comes to resources, again, similar sort of situations. Poké is slightly different, though. Um, you can actually go, uh, and sort of just gestures in a direction. If you head down over there, um, you'll see a, uh, uh, a bank. Um, and the bank will be able to help you with, uh, setting things up and everything like that if you want to access your, your funds from elsewhere. We'll see how exactly, you know, we're still building all that sort of equipment, so it might be difficult to, uh, access your funds everywhere else. But for storage's purposes, uh, that's probably your best bet. Oh, great, thank you. Um... Yeah, uh, I I did have one other question as well. Um, when it comes to the mood of the town, have you noticed anything peculiar? Peculiar? Hmm, not that I can think of. Um, I'm not 100% sure if uh, what exactly you're referring to here, but uh, when it comes to everything in the town, it seems pretty calm. Or, you know, it's fine and dandy for the most part. Um, great, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, so you said the, the bank is down this way? Yep, just, uh, you head out straight the door, uh, take a left, and just, uh, walk around. You'll be able to see it's got the big sign with the, uh, the, the Poke coin on it, so 
Can't miss it. Great. Thank you very much. I sincerely appreciate it. No problem. Uh, if you if you have anything else, I'll always be here. So uh, yeah, just pop on by. You're free to pop in and out whenever you want. You've got the card and everything. So uh, thanks. Thanks for your patronage. Thank you for staying. And uh, t- I'll talk to you later, I presume? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and we head on out. Uh, boy, is it weird to do a conversation with yourself that has details in it as opposed to just casual stuff. That's something I gotta get used to. Uh, but we head out of the, uh, we head out of the tavern and we're gonna spend, uh, our first block, our day block, going to the bank. So let's go to the bank. Uh, we're gonna head over to the bank. Um, we pop over, uh, follow the directions exactly as, uh, Emmeline has said, and we reach a, uh, we reach a building that looks like a large safe almost with um, the building itself sort of looks like a safe house uh, with the the coin on the top as mentioned previously. This is clearly the bank for the town uh, and we enter inside to see um, weirdly enough it feels almost like a house. Uh, outside it feels all safe and secure and inside it's kind of just a uh, we see a person just vibing in the back uh, chilling with uh, what they've got going on. Uh, as we walk inside, we see uh, a man sort of just uh, looks tired, I guess is the best way to describe it, wearing this sort of like flannel outfit, um, middle-aged man uh, with brown hair that's pretty long uh, and looks just tired, but uh, very interested in the Im- immediate new thing uh, that comes inside the uh, comes inside the door in that, you know, we walk in. So as we walk inside the, uh, inside the bank, the man just goes, Oh, hello there. Uh, welcome to the Atri City Bank. I trust that you must be a new person here. Um, yes, uh, absolutely. The, the banker looks, uh, extremely excited of, like, new customers. Yes, exciting. Uh, and steps out from behind his little section, uh, Almost like a bank, you know how they have the doors that you can kind of, like, swing back and forth to get behind, is what I'm thinking. Uh, walks out from behind that, uh, comes straight to us. Um, and this this is a, a man who is about 5'6", though very much slouching. So he's losing a couple of inches in and of itself from there. Uh, just And looks to us and is like, Welcome to the Atri City Bank. Diggory Shirley, at your service. Uh, thank you very much, Diggory. Um... I was curious if uh, I could set up an account here and be able to move some funds from other areas. Ah, let's see very carefully. First, if you could give me your hand for a second. Um, okay. And Diggory kind of forcefully takes our hand and looks around at it, almost looking for some sort of, like, handprint or some sort of writing, maybe. Uh, Just kind of feeling it out for a second before he kind of just loosely tosses it back at us. Well, it seems as though as you've never had an account here at Atri City Bank before. Very well. I would be happy to assist. Heads behind the desk uh, and starts rummaging through some stuff before finding what basically looks like uh, like one of those like stamp stamp item things that you use to like stamp a bunch of documents. Um, first things first, 
uh, I will need you to fill out this form right here. This, of course, standard procedure. Uh, create an account here at Tree City Bank. Uh, you know, fill it out. You know, go through all the documents and everything like that. There's no minimum balance. There's no interest in anything like that. And the interesting about that is that your funds are always safe. Always safe. Yes, it's part of the magic behind the bank. Your funds never exist in this bank in the first place. Your funds are always yours to access as long as, of course, you come here and pull it out. I do this simply for the benefit of the people, as you may uh, soon learn. See, because it looks as though you're some sort of uh, newcomer to Atri City. I do all of this simply as a way to spend time enjoying the fruits and the labors that other people are able to come in for. My goal is straightforward. Make sure that your money is safe and nothing is able to touch it. And perfecting the magic behind that sort of action has been my lifelong goal. And so far, no thief can come in here and steal money if there is no money to be still stolen in the first place. I don't think I understand. Ah, no, 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 no. You may not understand. That's fine. It's very, very complicated stuff. But now, of course, it looks as though you've filled out your forms. Uh, let me share with you what that looks like. And leads us behind the desk. Behind the desk, you see a giant safe. It looks comical, almost. Uh, one of those steel safes that has the spinning wheel in front. Looks like some sort of passcode that's there. Now, sir, let me explain to you what exactly this is. And he just kind of opens a safe, doesn't even input any passcode information, doesn't spin the wheel or anything, just kind of flings it open a little bit, and we look inside to see there is nothing. There's no money anywhere in this safe, there, there aren't even any drawers or anything like that. It looks like basically a large empty room. Um, you know, there's almost a little bit of dust in the corners, right? Um, this doesn't look like a bank that is particularly successful. My apologies, Dickory, but, I mean, look at it. Ah, yes, but that's part of the magic, you see. Let me show you. Uh, do you have any coins on you currently? Um, yes, I do. Great, great, great. Now, uh, I don't even need a large amount. Just one simple coin is all I need. Sure. And we reach into our pocket, grab one poke, and kind of toss it towards him. Uh, he catches it perfectly, uh... As the coin flips in the air perfectly, he just grabs it so that the top and bottom are like he, like holding a coin, like if you were to try to show the faces with two fingers, just ding, like that. This is I'm doing this without a video, so hopefully you can understand how cool this actually looks, uh, especially for a middle-aged man that is basically like a, looking like a grandfather. Just to ding, grab this coin. Now, uh, of course, you have created your account. I do need to do one more thing. And he takes the stamp that he's been holding on to and stamps the back of our hand with it. No mark is left behind, there's nothing there, it almost looks like it doesn't even work, uh, except you're, when we feel our hand, uh, we feel that, you know, clearly something hit it, and we can sort of feel the, the residue, I suppose, of uh, the stamp materials. I'm very bad knowing what stamp is, the ink and all that sort of stuff. We can feel the residue of that on there, but when we look, we don't actually see anything. Uh, we just kind of shrug and look back at him. Now that you have officially created an account, Watch this coin. Clearly a deposit, at least we're going to work with that temporarily, a deposit into your account. Tosses the coin inside, and it just kind of sits there. Um, okay. I'm not 100% sure 
what exactly we're doing here. You see, part of the magic in this room, in this safe, is that you can only see the funds of the coins that you own, that are yours. So inside this safety vault, for example, you see one singular coin. Right. Ah, but you see, unlike you, I see all the accounts that are being held here, and I see millions and millions of coins. In fact, why don't I show you as part... Technically, I'm part owner of your account. Uh, if you want to actually weed out all the details, feel free to talk with me after hours. But I can show you my account. For safety reasons, let me not show anyone else's account. Let me show you my account. And uh, the old man kind of just like... I guess the best way to describe it is hits the back of his hand on that passcode thing. Uh, and as we hit the... As he sort of, you know, just the back of his hand on the passcode, uh, we see that the one coin that we had disappears. And now it's an empty room again. And then soon afterwards, we start to see coins almost populate in from the walls itself, like seeping in from the walls. We see coins start popping in until we see a respectable amount of coins that are just sitting in the back corners. That's... Wait, what? Yep, this is all mine. It's a humble amount, but an amount, nevertheless, that I have earned over the many years that I have been alive. And this, of course, does not include any of your funds. Now, if you would like to come over here and hit your hand, the back of your hand where I stamped, if you'd like to hit that on this passcode here. And we kind of just loosely just put it on the passcode. Sure enough, all those coins start seeping back into the walls. And then one single coin kind of just spits out, lands in the center, about where we tossed it last time. Those are your coins. In this case, of course, only one coin, but you get the gist. That's incredible. Yes, your money is safe. Your money will never be used for anything. This is quite literally a storage location and nothing more than that. Oh, that's that's incredible. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um. I did have another question. Are you able to access funds from other cities and other regions? Alas, my friend, the magic of this room does not allow us to do so in the way that you might expect, especially since you are from a distant land, from what I can tell. I can access funds anywhere. In fact, if you make a cent and want to put it into this account, I am able to access that. You are freely able to deposit and withdraw with no time limit ever. Any funds that you earn and or deposit in in some way, shape or form in Atri City, which means regardless of if you are in the city, in the water district, in the volcanic district, anywhere in between, your funds are accessible to you. Unfortunately, the magic of this room does not extend so far as to go outside of the city boundaries. But, sir, if you would like to prevent any hooligans or thieves from stealing your funds, feel free to deposit your funds here, and your stamp, the hand stamp that I just gave you, will allow you to freely pull it out of your pocket and access it whenever you want. That's, that's great! Yes, you can keep cash on hand, or you can deposit it into your bank account, and trust me when I say your funds will never disappear if they enter this bank account. Uh, th thank you very much. Thank you, Dickory. That's incredibly helpful. Not a problem. This magic that I have created, through a lot of hard work, mind you, was, has been, and still is, 
uh, the creation that I truthfully enjoy. Exp improving upon this has been my life's goal, and so far it has been really, you know, relatively successful in this area. Thank you, Dickory. Um, and we go and just basically dump the rest of our 5,000 poke in here, now inside the bank. Um, th thank you, Dickory. I, I sincerely appreciate it. No problem, no problem. You've got the stamp on your hand. I'll be able to recognize it. I'm not very good with faces, but I am good with stamps. So I'll recognize you and your account, uh, regardless of when and where you wish to make your withdrawals and your deposits. Very well now. Uh, if you have no other business here, uh, take care and uh, stay safe. And we... Thank him once again and walk out the door. Now we've got a bank account, guys, everyone. I know that's the goals that we wanted to have this day. Uh, by this point, it's now beginning the afternoon segment of day one. Um, also, I should mention this. Uh, though we've rested, uh, for the day event, our, our fatigue is going to drop by one. So uh, we start off with straight fives on all of our stats. Uh, but now that we've done some day activity, our fatigue is now down to four. Just keeping that in mind. Uh, but now the afternoon itself, at this point, now that we've we figured this out, we've got a bank account, we've got that set up, that's great. Uh, I think the best thing to do at this point is to figure out what exactly our strategy is. We've decided at this point, or I've decided at least, we're going to go try to find the healer first. Because at the very least, the healer might be able to give us some information that can help us with the other disasters that are occurring, right? So, let's start with that. Let's go try to figure out where the healer is. So we can talk to a couple of people about this. We can either travel down to the to the wind district, which, uh, in the wind district itself, not necessarily the houses outside, but in deep in the plains area, which would take up the afternoon segment, so to speak, to travel there, and then we'd get there uh, in the night. Night, of course, meaning from 6 p.m. to 12 p.m., um, so we could do that, or we can try to gather some additional information here in the city uh, that can hopefully help us out. Our goal, my goal at least, uh, as the player of this game, is to see if I can find the healer by the end of day two. Because if I can do so, then we can spend day three trying to figure out how we deal with the rest of the issues. So the biggest thing I'm looking at is collecting information. And so what I am going to do is actually head over, spend the afternoon time heading over to the government building and try to meet up with Patrick once again. So that's what I do. I walk out of the bank, now the, all 5,000 of my poke fully deposited in, safe, secure, and everything like that, and walk out uh, and head straight back into the government building. I get through all the security measures and everything like that, walk inside uh, and try to find Patrick's office. And sure enough, Patrick is there. He's uh, sitting in his office, looking over some papers, it looks like, trying to figure out what his strategy is for fixing his specific issue of his whole building situation. Uh, so we walk inside and just kind of knock on the door, uh, and Patrick looks back on. Uh, Patrick opens the door up, uh, looking exasperated at first, and then uh, relaxes a bit when it realizes when he realizes that it's us. Oh, thankfully it's you. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, come on in. Come on in. Uh, we we take a seat inside. So, uh, I I any progress on what we've done so far? No, nothing. I'm afraid. Trent, uh, you have any idea what issue you're dealing with at least? Yeah, my idea, at least for now, is to see if I can find the healer. Uh, because the healer might be able to provide us additional information on the other natural disasters. It's kind of hard to find a solution for a volcano erupting or for a, a rock slide occurring, but the healer might be able to provide us additional information. They're apparently really powerful. Yep. One of the, the higher-powered uh, magic people out there. Um, and not a bad strategy, of course. I would, you know, being biased here, yeah, I would prefer you helped out with us, but 
Uh, that's not a bad strategy at all. You look concerned, Patrick. Are you okay? I'm I'm fine. It's just it's complicated, you know, trying to figure out what exactly this issue is and whether you know it's hard to figure out whether or not the issue that we're dealing with here is being impacted by any other districts, right? And then compared to everybody else with natural disasters, you know, a couple of buildings breaking down quick feels relatively minuscule, though uh, obviously the people that live in or around those areas uh, never want them to be the, never want that to be the case. Right, I understand. Um, I did have a question though, uh, regarding basically the the Pokemon, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. What uh, what's up with that? Well. I, I don't have access to any of my Pokemon other than Mudsdale down at uh, down with the, uh, the the Bradley farm that you set me up with. Um, and Mudsdale, while really powerful, um, is more of a traveler than a battler. And most of the Pokemon that I would end up using for battling is, you know, they're all back home. Mmm, I see, I see, I see. Right, so do you know any solutions, any ways that I can uh, get additional Pokemon or anything like that? Well... I guess Hatchery City is a little bit different. We don't really have a professor, so to speak. Uh, though, I guess... Yeah, go on. Well, we, we've got a researcher of some sort. I guess they might be able to help you out best. Oh, that's perfect, yeah. Um, where would I be looking for, for them? Yeah, um, you'd... I guess you'd want to go to his office. Uh, so, in the governmental building, in fact... Uh, you're, you're gonna head, uh, over down to the, to the, uh, to the sea corridor. Uh, last room there is a giant lab. Uh, and there, uh, a man by the name of Manfred Cotton stays over there. Uh, he works there. He's basically working nonstop. If he's not asleep, he's working there. Um, and he might be able to help you out. Uh, here, take this, uh, I guess I'm just handing you a bunch of cards here. Take this card here. It'll give you the ability to, uh, you know, give my approval regarding uh, the, the usage of the, the research room and conversation with him. If you, if you show him that card, then he'll know that you're with me, basically. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Patrick. Look, at this point, you're our biggest hope, so we've got we've, we've to support you. Yep, I'll, I'll go meet them now. Thanks. And we just kind of rush out the door, go straight down. We're going down to meet Manfred Cotton. So we go straight downstairs, head over... Uh, to the research room and see if we can meet this Manfred Cotton. Uh, we walk inside to a giant research lab. This is what you think of when you think of like a science lab at school if it was upgraded a lot, especially like high school or college level science lab. Just take that and upgrade it like 50%. All sorts of electronics and mechanical stuff, biology stuff, chemistry stuff, astronomy stuff. I'm running out of science class stuff, etc, etc. All over this room. And uh, there's one man in the back corner uh, of the room, basically. Uh, a larger man wearing uh, his standard scientific outfit, except using the white lab coat as a cape. Uh, but beyond that, uh, rushing back and forth, as we get closer, we see that he's also got a deerstalker hat. Um, and rushing back and forth across the, the, the tables, I suppose, back in the, in the back corner. Uh, we kind of loudly just go, uh, excuse me, or I guess we go, um, excuse me, and, uh, the man sort of stops, but the commotion behind him doesn't. He turns around, uh, looks at us with, um, dark, dark brown eyes, I think is the best way to describe it, uh, dark brown eyes, whitish hair, uh, 
the best way to describe him uh, is that he looks... I think the best way to describe him is if you take Professor Birch and just made him older, I think is the best way. That's probably the best idea for him. Uh, take Professor Birch, make him older with whiter hair, uh, still uh, just as sort of heavyset, and uh, looks to us and just uh, kind of like, oh, uh, hello, um, uh, what, what can I, uh, what can I do to help you? The commotion behind him, still making some noise. Um, yes, I, I, I was, I received a, um, can I, as we get closer to him, uh, and he's walking towards us, uh, we pull out our card that sort of identifies us as friend of the mayor. Um, and hands that, hands that over to him, and he takes a look. Um, yeah, so Patrick sent me over here to see if I could potentially get assistance in regards to, uh, Pokemon? Oh, I see, I see. You're, uh, you're part of the, uh, the committee, right? The, the group that's trying to, um, you know, solve all the issues that we've got here? Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, I'm the special, you know, foreign, uh, assistance, I guess is the best to describe it. Oh, very good, very good. Um, so, uh, did you, uh, did you come here for something particular? Uh, yes, um, most of my battling Pokemon are, uh, not here, and I'm not able to transfer them in, you know, bring them here in any way. So I was wondering if you could assist in any shape or form? Hmm, yes, I suppose I could. Uh, though I do have a slight problem. I was hoping maybe you could assist. Um, sure, but we've got this deadline. Don't worry, don't worry. It shouldn't take too long. Uh, what I do need is, uh, some assistance in finding some of the Pokemon that are here. I'm sorry? Yes, you see, some of the Pokemon that, uh, you know, live in the research lab and, uh, are assistants of mine are, uh, how do we say, uh, lost in the city. Okay... So I was hoping if you would be able to assist uh, with uh, what we've got, you know, small thing here, and in exchange you'll be able to use the Pokemon that uh, you should be here. It's clear at this point that uh, the Pokemon just got, like, got one on the professor and just escaped at that point. Um, sure, I, I guess I could help. Great, that's perfect. I'll give you a list of the uh, Pokemon. Um, I have here our physical descriptions of each of them, and uh, hopefully that will suffice. And hands us the list, and then heads straight back to the work. I'm sorry, you couldn't give a, a name? Well, that's just it. We weren't sure. So we, uh, we had physical descriptions. It was sent over here. And, uh, now they are gone. So thank you very much. And just head straight back to the work. Um, uh, uh, okay. Thanks, I guess. No response. That was weird. And so now we have a list of Pokemon that, uh, we need to find in the region, in the region, in the city, somewhere in the city. Uh, according to this list, uh, the list of Pokemon, there are, so according to the uh, professor, they've given us a list of nine Pokemon that we have to find, each with sort of physical descriptions of what they are, that are somewhere in Atri City. And that's not just the city itself, that's the other districts. So that's gonna be a fun time as well. We kind of just fold that up, put that in our pocket and walk away. Um, as we're walking out, thinking about how we're going to do this, uh, we've used up our afternoon now. So we've used our afternoon. It is now nighttime of day one. We, we're heading back out, uh, basically walking out of the government building, just genuinely like, okay, I guess I have this to do, along with everything else that I have to do. Um, though we've made some progress here. 
maybe I should go try to see if there's anything else that I can look at. Maybe something, some other place that I can go and some other, uh, you know, something else I can do to improve the equipment that I have, which is basically myself and this stamp that I can access Poke with, you know, Poke with and a couple of cards, right? That's basically it. So uh, with this, I'm actually going to go ahead to the general store. So there's a general store called Conrad's Bucket, uh, run by, of course, Conrad himself. Uh, and as we walk in, enter in, it is uh, like a standard general store. Think about your classic, uh, the first thing I thought of was, uh, if you've seen the old show, uh, it's a US-based show that went on in like the 70s called Green Acres. There's a general store there that has just a shelf and like a few shelves of things. It's like your standard general store you would see in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we walk inside and behind the, the desk, uh, according to the name tag listed on it, is uh, Conrad Appleton. Conrad Appleton uh, wearing a pretty standard, like, flannel sort of outfit, jeans, uh, decent shoes, and uh, looks like they're, they, Conrad's kind of dusting off some of the the things behind him. Uh, hears the bell ring and turns around. Uh, he's got chestnut hair that's relatively long, probably goes down to about the end of his neck, uh, and then green eyes that are uh, somewhat, like shifty i guess the best way to describe it um very thin as well uh and about five foot seven ish is the best way to describe it um and looks to us and basically just uh, goes greetings how may i help you um yes uh i was just curious what's uh, available here. i'm new in town and so i wanted to know uh what type of stuff was available here at the general store right so um let's see Generally speaking, um, we've got our standard items, day-to-day -day routine stuff, uh, things that can help you get stronger, things that can help you take more damage, uh, you know, if you're going out in the wild, there's a lot of, uh, characters out there that, uh, might be violent of some sort, so just other sort of equipment like that that's available here. There's other items that can help you, you know, escape if you want to standard meal kits and other items like that day-to-day -day stuff um was that all um uh well i guess uh do you mind if i browse around no problem turns around and just starts going back to the dusting and things uh we're looking around at the the items here but frankly we don't really have a clue what we're looking for all right we've got we've got certain ideas of what we might be able to use uh and it seems like the items in the store shift from day to day. And so there's different sort of things. There's uh, like different seeds and berries that are able to help probably Pokemon. Uh, there are different scarves and devices that we can use. There are rare items that are available. A bunch of orbs, other cool things like that. But nothing really that we can use without Pokemon themselves. And after a few moments, uh, we end up just basically being like, all right, uh, we can't really shop anything here. And then walk out of the store spending most of our time there buying nothing. Mm -hmm.